Hi, and welcome to Stepside. I'm Matt Howie, a writer and technologist and truck owner. And I'm uh, Joel Johnson, and I like trucks. Woo! Yeah. So today is, what is today? Today March is uh, Marchtoberfest, truck, Trucktober March 15th, 2022. Uh, yeah. So we got a lot of big news. There actually was big news this week. Uh, the one that I wanted to, I know you're going to, probably legally have to have opinions about this as a hippie west coast resident but vw finally revealed oh, yeah. the successor to the what would you call it to the vanagon to the, the uh, volkswagen bus yeah yeah the vw bus they've been teasing for 20 years so and highly anticipated by me as in last week's show well all right so let let me start by totally taking a dump on it and then yeah. you can get excited about it oh no i'm gonna so, dump it so here's here's a you know you got it. this i was building up tension uh <laughs> so everybody knows a vw bus one would think the classic hippie bus squared off flat nose uh there was a vanagon uh which was a con uh like a camper conversion with the pop top probably the most popular pop top of the 20th century. I think for a long time, people didn't realize you could get things like that in other vehicles or yeah. trailers. Uh, for They were always pieces of junk, uh, but they were charming for sure. Uh, Air-cooled, didn't run very well. For, I want to say at least 10 years, Volkswagen has been teasing that they're going to update a new one. I think they even built a prototype. Yeah. Uh, about a decade ago, took it around to some car shows. 20 years ago. <laughs> and so they have finally announced after like 19 levels of teasing. Uh, and I think they actually even had a few out in South by Southwest in Austin, Texas. Oh, wow. That the ID Buzz, uh, which is the successor to the van, is finally coming out. It's an EV, only an EV, no plug-in hybrid to my knowledge, yeah. no nothing else. And it is definitely a van that i can i i'm 100 with them that it is a van of some type now you may take a shit on it <laughs> well the one thing is what they debuted was the european debut which was i think late this year they would take orders for an uh, early next year delivery and they said it won't come to the u.s for two more years which I contend in the year 2022 is like saying, you might as well say 10 years, like two years from now, there will be 75 EV options or something, even I, though there's zero EV vans now, Ford Transit's coming out someday, but that's kind of like low mileage and more uh, aimed at industry. But this will be a massive hit if they could build it, but telling Americans it's going to be two years from now. And also all the ones they're showing are European only ones and the American ones going to be like, two feet longer and probably look weird and probably like did they say have... that did they say yeah that? so they oh, said wow. the one you see in all the, the debuts was the european short wheelbase one there'll be a long wheelbase only in america and they said the wheel hangovers are going to be the same so like there's just going to be a foot or two of extra van in the middle because they want to make a three row which is i think a good idea but um this I'm is not like opposed a, to a to a long van I, i've had a couple but, of yeah long vans. but this is like what you talked about in the last episode where like they show a two-door of something and then they sell a four-door and it looks uglier like a two foot longer one's gonna look weird like i always wish i could get the short one which you will not be able to buy well but, a, uh, yeah a couple of things first of all 
you know, I always have a lot of sympathy for these multi-trillion dollar car companies. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I, I, I in, in, in all seriousness, like it's hard to do planning right now. Yeah. You know, the pandemic screwed everything up. Then the war in Ukraine is now screwing more things up and COVID is, you know, it's, I get that it's hard for them to make their, uh, you know, projections out for a while. Uh, although it does make me wonder why the hell even announce it in the U.S. and spend any marketing money here uh, yeah. if it's not going to go. But then the second thing is that it's it's kind of ugly to me. I, I, I understand why they can't have a flat front anymore because that you, you need a passenger or excuse me, pedestrian impact. So you got to have a bumper and that yeah. people can roll over when you inevitably hit them. But it just doesn't really read to me like much of a of a VW bus. Like I, I, I'm not I'm not seeing it. Yeah, I would say the concept in two, uh, 2001, I think, when it debuted, was very strongly 60s bus, but new. Um, the last few concepts, maybe five, ten years ago, were still close. The one this is like classic concept to reality. And this isn't even reality. It's still a concept car, but like it's getting way more car like and minivan y and not, it's losing some of its appeal. And I think they're making it up in the paint, right? Like a two tone paint job reads as 60s ish microbus, yep. which I like. Yeah, I love it. But like, yeah, I would, I would say there's a bit more hood than there needs to be, even though there doesn't need to be one, except for, you know, some of these like crash zones and stuff. But it's okay, looks wise. It's not as good as the earliest concepts. It's you know what's funny though? Because I had just said it was super ugly, and I was like, I better go look at this thing again since we're recording this. And I pulled up a bunch of images of it, and I don't hate it. It's fine. It's all yeah. right. Like it reminds me of uh, pretty much any minivan, and I like minivans. Uh, it's yeah, it's a little more snub nose than something else. It's got some squared off, like the C pillar is is pretty thick and you know, they carry the paint lines across uh, up from the belt line. It's I, fine. I, yeah, I do like that they painted out like the window frames, the A, B, all the pillars paint black, because one of the early concepts from like six months ago or a year or two ago, uh, those were all painted white. And it comes out looking like a greenhouse with like yeah. all these supports. Like there is one, two, three, four, before you get to the back, four like support pillars and painted white. Um, it looked weird as hell. So it looks yeah, a lot I've better seen, with them. I, I, I remember seeing that one. I, I don't mind even actually all the different pillars as much, specifically on a VW, VW bus update because... Yeah. You know, old VW buses had a bunch of pillars and windows as well. But I, I will I will say this. this is my tentative future praise that I'd love to get it when we get to go on the press drive inevitably <laughs> in 2027. Uh, there's a bunch of cool EV vans hitting the market, primarily in Europe to start, which makes sense because uh, pickup trucks for work and delivery are not nearly as common in Europe as they as vans are. Right. So uh you know, Ford's the transit's most popular van in, in Europe. Uh, they've announced that they're going to do a bunch of EV stuff, but almost all of those electric vehicles and like uh, fleet vehicles and duty vehicles have real small batteries at, yeah. as they should, right? Like right. you only maybe you need, need lots a, of storage. You only need a hundred miles a day. That's right. Yeah. hundred miles a day. You're going to go back to the shop. You're going to plug it in and do it again tomorrow. I bet you that if you want an electric van of any sort in the near term that has 
300 mile range or whatever it might end up being, this might be the only game in town. Yeah. So I, you know, it's fine. I, I think part of why my excitement's a little tempered is that the initial reviews of the other ID VW EVs, <laughs> ID's their brand, VW's the company, EV's the powertrain. Uh, <laughs> You know, the, the reviews have been pretty, pretty lackluster. People yeah. have basically said they're fine, but they're not as yeah. good as the competition. So, I'm, you know, I've got some questions if VW can actually, uh, if it'll be worth the price. If they're, it, it, This is the kind of product that you end up putting in a market at a real premium price. Uh, yeah, I think I think they talked about like 50 grand-ish, 40 to 60-ish, which is like a normal sort of yeah. SUV kind of price. But yeah. Like, yeah, I have heard like lackluster. Like, I mean, this is the company gave us the GTI, which is like the first fun small car in the world, kind of uh, the last whatever 40 years. And like, yeah, you know, like the ID4, everyone goes, it's a car. It's just a very basic car. Like, people wanted a GTI and they got like a Camry, you know, that was electrified basically. And so, yeah. Yeah. yeah we'll, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. Yeah. I just don't. Yeah. I just like two years from now, the, the, landscape can change so much that's why i'm like i'm down on them for saying yeah i won't get to america to at least 2023 or yeah i won't yeah there won't even be a debut till next year and then it won't be in production or in dealers till 2024 i don't know if it's worth the wait but i think you're right that like this is the only option for like a family van versus work van i don't think americans know when you when you go to europe you will see 10,000 million sprinter vans and you'll hardly ever see a truck um, like every plumber, every painter, everyone's got a like sprinter van basically and or a smaller version of that in Europe. And we just don't have them that much here, much yeah. in Portland. <laughs> I mean, look, I, I, I love a van. There's something to be said for the utility of those things, but there's a totally different category. This will yeah. this will be fighting with SUVs, three row SUVs, uh in and EV SUVs. I, I think we've already spent giving it way more time than it deserves, frankly. But <laughs> uh, the, the the I think the last thing I will say that maybe sticks in my craw now, but I got to let it go because maybe this is just what cars cost now. But, you know, the original VW, the bug and the bus both were dirt cheap relatively yeah. when they were out in the 60s and 70s in the United States. They were 20, 30 year old designs even then. And so... It's just I, the spirit of this thing is going to be. You know, there's going to be peace symbols and Woodstock, and <laughs> yeah. you know they're going to try to do a taste of that like uh, hippie revival thing. And if it's a sixty or seventy thousand dollar van, yeah. I don't see those things really matching up. Doesn't mean it won't be successful, but it just kind of yeah, it raises my hackles a little bit to be like. <laughs> it's oh. funny that the name of the company even references it: the Volt, the People's Wagon, the Volt for the Volks of the world. Like uh -huh. it was supposed to be a three hundred dollar shit box, you know, that anyone could afford, and yeah, being fifty thousand or more is where it's going. Whew. All right, here's the worst news that we're going to talk about today. But can you guess who the manufacturer is that announced it? Uh, no, what? Give me a clue. All right, it's it's the premier off-road truck and vehicle brand. Oh, uh, Mercedes? I don't know. <laughs> okay, it's the it's if the people that own it, they think it's the premier off-road. Uh 
van. <clears throat> Land Rover, vehicle. Range Rover. <laughs> no, I'm talking about Jeep. Come on. It was oh, really right, 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 there. right, right, uh, right. Look, Ed, you know, Jeeps are fine. I don't have a problem with Jeeps. I, I Wranglers are actually really, really cool for what they are. But big news today. The 2022 Jeep Cherokee X trim <laughs> has been announced. That's right. The unibody Cherokee, the smaller of the, of the, but not the smallest uh, of the Jeep SUVs now has an X trim, which from what I can tell means that it has some different mud guards. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that that that's the big difference. And maybe it comes with all-terrain tires in, instead of... Uh, it's got stickers, else. black stickers. I, I think, think it so, has stickers. <clears throat> I, I mean, I just went to the Portland Auto Show a couple weeks ago, and there were three or four different manufacturers. Uh, we called it like black cla- black plastic cladding, like added, like wilderness editions is, a, is the joke term. Yep. <clears throat> and this looks like it. They put uh, black wheel well, fender flares. They, they, uh, this is what I hate. They turn the tires out. So the white letters are out. So it looks more off-roady, but I <laughs> can't stand white lettering on off-road tires. And then they put some black stickers all over it. But yeah, to, uh, let me see who has what Mazda has the CX five, but it's called the X 50 or something. It's that just, looks cool though. Yeah. And then there's the Subaru have the wilderness editions of uh forester and the outback. And then, Toyota has these like X editions where it's just more black plastic. And Honda they just off-roady. did one too. I think a pilot, yeah. there's a pilot that doesn't like. Right. I a mean, pilot, and I think the passport, like a wilderness off road edition, but there's no lift. There's no, no, there might be chunkier tires, but it's just more black plastic and a look. Um, I mean, this is, uh, to be honest, this is the uh, manufacturers following, following the aftermarket. Like um, Subarus are big, especially where I live. Um, and people have been lifting them and modding them and putting like the chunkiest tire. Like every Subaru form is like, how big of a tire can I possibly put right. on a Forester and Outback? And they start to look, I thought at first it was hilarious. This, um, the first time I ever saw like a cross trek, I think it is like lifted with like 32 or three inch tires and like covered in LED lights. And I was like, that is hilarious because that is a, like a car that's not super capable and someone's trying to make it into a monster truck. That's funny. Like, I love the incongruity of it. And then, um, you know, people that don't have all day to sit on forums, like, how do you do this? Like, people actually like this. So, you know, Subaru is more than willing to oblige by putting black tire, you know, black wheels and chunky tires on things that you can just finance. You know, you don't have to run down every forum for like what, how much of the, like, these things always boil down to like, how much of my um, wheel well cladding or plastic do I need to cut out to make? to still be able to turn these tires and stuff. There was an old joke in the Tacoma forums that if you had a Tacoma that came with black mud guards or, or flares, excuse me, that you wanted body color ones. And if you had body colored ones, <laughs> yeah. you really wanted black ones. Uh, and then people would just drive, you know, meet somewhere and switch and then <laughs> realize, hey, it doesn't really matter. Uh, I actually, I don't have a problem with this whole category. Uh, every, you know, I, I feel like, and Europe has some of this too in their uh, culture moving through that everybody's kind of getting more outdoor or dressing more like they're going to hike up a mountain, even though they're not. Uh, it makes perfect sense that the cars would reflect it. I, aesthetically, I have no problem with this look. And actually, like a lifted Subaru Outback, 
that's a little beat up and has all-terrain tires on it and a little lift kit or you know sp- uh, spring spacers or whatever it is <laughs> I- i'm okay with that like yeah, if, if yeah. you're out using it like i have no problem with that at all the problem is like all off-road stuff is that if you are buying one of these things from the factory like this even if it is slightly more oriented for off-road, it's extremely unlikely you're going to go take it off-road uh, yeah. or go anywhere that your normal <laughs> car couldn't go. Uh, but this one, the Jeep Cherokee X is especially funny to me because the Jeep Cherokee, the Cherokee is actually a very interesting vehicle historically for Jeep because it was uh, maybe not their first unibody, but certainly their first uh, popular unibody vehicle that they sold that still to this day uh, it, the, the first generation ones are in high demand for off-roaders. It, they they kind of prove to the world that unibody SUVs can be, you know, still pretty, still pretty tough. Uh, so it's funny to me that the Cherokee at this point is it's basically gone full circle, right? It's like <laughs> it started rugged, then it turned into essentially just another crossover for people to, you know, go yeah. live their lives in. And now it's come all the way back around that there's a higher off-road performance trim for it but yeah my only beef is when they don't add any capability to it this one looks like a one inch suspension lift and i think the subarus are also like half inch or one inch more travel but i think the toyota and the mazdas are just black plastic and tires and nothing like nothing's been changed but yeah, yeah that's pretty funny i mean just a quick this is this is going to be joel's off-road minute uh where i give tips and tricks <laughs> about, uh, yeah yeah well, i'll write i'll write a theme song for it uh <laughs> You know, the, the thing is about off-road is, you know, obviously the number one thing is, can you afford to break it? And if you can, then go hog wild, doesn't matter what you're in. But really what you're doing, if you see those big off-road trucks and you're always like, why the hell are they lifted as much as they are? Everybody presumes that's for ground clearance. And that's certainly true. Like ground clearance, like you can, if you're sitting up taller, you can drive over a rock, you can do whatever. Uh, but realistically, the reason you want more lift is so you can put a bigger tire on it and a bigger tire and often a tire that has you know more knobs which doesn't necessarily uh, like the tread pattern is knobbier and and can grab onto things more so you know when you see these off-road trims of these you know almost indistinguishably different crossovers really when they say like hey we're adding an inch of lift or whatever that just means they can put a slightly bigger tire on it and it does yeah. it does make a difference yeah. but but uh really everything is if you're going to do anything off-road having the right tire in place is is probably more important than anything else yeah and so if they're coming from with you know from the factory with all-terrain tires and and you know something a little bit more chunky then god bless them but Man, it's funny to me that there's a like a 17th trim of this same vehicle that <laughs> really has very little pedigree to relate it to the Wrangler or any of their yeah. true off-road machines. <laughs> my uh this is my woke moment. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know where Jeep, this is going. Jeep has constantly been uh called out from like Indian, you know, Native American communities going like, Can you stop using our names? And it just happened last year and I was like well, you know, we've seen George Floyd protests like, like, come on, they got to read the writing on the wall. Just it doesn't matter what these things are called. You could change them at any time. And Jeep totally doubled down and said, nope, we're never changing the name of anything. That that was like, I was like, really? You want to protect the Jeep Cherokee? Like nobody cares. It doesn't have that great of a reputation anymore. Like it could be the Jeep wind noise or something else. <laughs> it, it wouldn't matter. Like it, it's fine. 
Um, but yeah, I was I was surprised that they were just like, nope, we're all yeah. in on on um, <laughs> cultural appropriation. We're way into it. Well, we're too this far is, down. This is still, you know, they're part of Stellantis now, which is still heavily Italian influenced. I think the Italians oh, right. have a particular flavor when it comes to, uh, you know, the word and concept of savages and all of that stuff. Uh, yeah. I mean, look, you're going to either get, you're going to get in, in truck names, you're going to get uh, a mountain or a town in the West. Uh, you're going to get a, a handful of leftover Native American references, or you're going to get something that's just about like an explosion, you know, some sort of, <laughs> yeah. just some sort of like a disaster. Uh, yeah. yeah ex you know, the, what's that Ford trim now that's right below the Raptor is the, the tremor. tremor. Right. Yeah. So it's a, you know, it's some sort of natural disaster, <laughs> like, you know, the, the flood the zone. Yeah. The Chevy leaded pipes, you know, like, <laughs> uh, flood. yeah, I mean, I'll be honest, like the, the Cherokee name and, and those sort of things uh, don't bother me as much as you know redskins for instance or, or whatever but it's also it wouldn't bother me in the least if they changed it either so it is a yeah. bit of a surprise that they're yeah the funny it. thing was they're defending something i think wasn't even worth defending. it was just it's just like washington redskins to me like it's not even that good of a like just it doesn't even oh my god it'd be so easy to change and it would well, have so much upside speaking of defenders uh <laughs> i took a little trip this week down uh, the Enios Grenadier uh, website uh, to take a look at this truck, which I had vaguely remembered when they announced that they were going to make it. Uh, I, I, I kind of paid attention to it for a second and then thought it was never going to get off the ground. Well, it turns out there's 11 or 12 videos now on their website documenting uh, you know, where they're at in the process and their factory and all of it. So have you, have you seen this thing? The, the no, Grenadier? so like, yeah, I only know about it from cycling that there's Ineos team of like all the best Brits are on the Ineos team. I, and I assumed it was like with that name, it was healthcare. <laughs> like that right. sounds like the new psych meds you can get um, if you ask your doctor about it uh, and it may cause drowsiness. Uh, Ineos, you know, but <laughs> yeah, it looks like, wow. So it's just like parts bin rating everything. It's a BMW engine. It's sort of a, classic defender uh, so they're not parts been rating which is i actually think the cool thing they're uh, building it yeah so wow. this is this is the concept as told by me you know some some details may may change because i just don't know them and i got them wrong but apparently the guy that runs the enios company which i don't even know what enios does are they mining something like that <laughs> Uh, oh, I, petroleum. There uh, we okay. go. So they, uh, the the guy that some British guy that owns it, who's some a knighted guy, billionaire. I'm sure a billionaire. Uh, got bummed out when the old Land Rover Defender, the the 90 and 110, the the kind of arguably the uh, the the genesis of the off road SUV, uh, <laughs> when that finally got canceled or, or updated with the new. Land billionaire well, i just want to say billionaire guys will build an entire company around a car they miss instead of going to therapy that's what, <laughs> that's what the story is i mean look i would much How would they, in america you'd be sued for anything that looked remotely jeep like and this thing is like whew, it's close to it yeah old... i mean they basically have ground from the from the ground up they have rebuilt the classic defender uh the defender if you aren't familiar with it is 
you know, was available here on and off uh, over its production life, which it was produced in some form or the other for almost 50 years. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it's 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 the the squarest of the square uh, four by fours. Like it, it's got a flat front, round headlights, uh, you know, basically a two box design, uh, very clean lines. And uh, we're kind of legendarily tough like that's where you get a lot of the colonial powers running around <laughs> in africa and you know all of this stuff uh but then was superseded to a great extent in reality by the toyota land cruiser because yeah. the land rover was notoriously unreliable and poorly put together city There's, electronics city build yeah. quality yeah and there was does that uh, right jonathan ward the guy who ran uh founded icon and tlc the land cruiser restoration shop out in la yeah. uh has a video i i recall seeing where they restored one defender and he said he'd never do it again because <laughs> the parts on one side were not lined up with the parts on the other oh side even though god. they were just mirror images of each other oh my god so anyway you got a billionaire who's decided I still want to keep buying Defenders, but it's not enough for me to just do this. And I'm not just going to be the next John Ward, except for Defenders and Restore and Restomod old yeah. ones. I'm going to build from the ground up a brand new Defender with the latest, most modern, whatever. Except it's not really that modern. They're keeping it pretty primitive. It's got solid axles. Uh, and honestly, uh, the BMW engine, which is their engine partner, is the only kind of big question I have. They've yeah. got an inline six petrol version and an inline six diesel version, but the rest of it looks pretty great. I gotta say, like, it, it just looks yeah. like the promise of being able to buy an old Defender, except it's new, it's got a warranty and it's actually put together properly. It has car play and heated seats. Yeah. And pretty deeply appealing yeah. to me yeah. uh so i did look i was i was trying to figure it out and it looks like you could they are planning on selling them in the u.s uh which yeah. shouldn't be too too Not hard till next summer at the earliest yeah it'll it's probably be, gonna be a hundred thousand dollars though I, I don't think you get out of the door for less than a hundred thousand yeah. dollars or 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 just underneath right like that's that's basically <sighs> where you're at and you, i do i really wait, dig can, it but i don't know that i dig it with a bmw inline six yeah engine, you know yeah. like that to would, me is, yeah. is big question mark yeah that's the yeah Whew. and getting parts and the failure rate of bmw Oof. yeah that's that's sketch it's so, not a british engine but yeah yeah and <laughs> it's i not mean a, it's not a uh japanese automaker that you could trust and look bmw <laughs> uh you know they they make some reliable engines these days. The problems I have with BMW as a company in their product design has nothing to do with their engines per se. Uh, but it just seems a little bit, uh, I don't know, basic. It's not, it's just, uh, but you know what, if I was uh, in, in the UK or if I was in the EU, I, I would probably feel the same way if they put a, you know, small block in it that I would prefer they put into yeah. it you know here Something, but yeah. uh you know mostly i bring it up just to say it is it appears like it's gonna actually be real unlike mm -hmm. a lot of these uh you know startup uh truck companies that have been coming out or announced the last few years and it does look cool like i absolutely yeah. would consider it uh if i were on if i were going down the suv path again and not staying in pickup truck land uh yeah i would check it out so she you yeah. know what great job billionaire you <laughs> You, you did it. You, you resuscitated it. it. Yes. Yeah, you, you've you've done it. And and also, not that I'm, you know, everything's got to be uh, EV, but you know there will be an EV variant <laughs> at some point. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just, 
I mean, yeah, it's this day and age. Uh, can we pause for a second to say, like, man, you've you've probably read car magazines since like the eighties when you were a little kid or nineties, and like it's uh, friggin' wild. A hundred thousand dollars for a car was always the upper upper barrier of like Ferrari. Like it was, it's just wild to me that like looking. At, I mean, I know, hey, it's. Just, are we going to have to do another segment that's uh, yeah, Joel Joe teaches Matt about inflation corner? I understand inflation. It's just, it's this is like when a friend told me he went skiing and I haven't thought of skiing in like 12 years. And he said it was $150 for a lift ticket. And I remember the nineties, how um, every snowboarder I knew, including me was freaked out. Cause there was the first $50 resort in the country it was like Vale or Aspen. And like, everyone's like, there's no way like a lift ticket will ever cost a hundred dollars. But I don't know. It's just like cars were, I mean, a hundred thousand dollar car is like a million dollar house. Like it should be the greatest thing that's ever been made. And now we're talking about, you know, an average SUV or something or a slight luxury thing. Um, yeah, it's just wild. When things cross the hundred thousand dollar barrier, I just get super nervous. Like this well, should be the greatest car that was ever produced. No, I mean, I, even today, if you spend a hundred thousand dollars on a car, it should be pretty close to the greatest car ever produced yeah. and especially these days uh you know we don't really have it in trucks yet but certainly on you know the car side of things the the fastest production straight line car in the world is a tesla model x plaid. or model s plaid it's like uh, 130 is, grand yeah yeah let's yeah. call it a, let's call it 100 for the sake of this argument so you know it, it you should still be able to i think in this day and age expect uh, pretty much a perfect a perfect yeah. thing I, I would say what's a little more disturbing to me is the gulf in between, let's say, $30,000 and $100,000. Yeah. You know, you, you, you're looking at, you know, everybody always talks about, oh, those big full-size trucks are almost $80,000 now. And, and they absolutely are and can be, uh, especially if you kit them all out, uh, you know, with leather and, and all yeah. the, the sensor packages and things like that. But at least at that point, you're all the way at the top. Uh, you know, just like you were talking about last week with your Maverick, you could the, the Maverick's price point, which was it was and is revolutionary. And poor Ford, if they could make another, you know, hundred thousand of them this year, I think they'd sell every yeah. single one. Uh, but still, if you got the top end trim of that Maverick, it was thirty eight thousand yeah. dollars or something yeah. like that. It was almost twice as much. Yeah. So that's the reality that we're dealing with. Is like you can still get this entry level vehicle in a lot of places, but it's not going to have anything that you thought you wanted so speaking of that maverick though like what what's the deal with the maverick oh yeah so i like it yeah i had two weeks i just hit a thousand miles last night on it so now i can to me in olden (laughs) times i could floor it now you can race uh but even though it says the first oil change isn't supposed to happen until ten thousand, i don't want to believe that and i'll bring the change it earlier but yeah it's good it's it's still been great um it's remarkably quiet the one thing i've learned with modern engines is Everything having eight, nine, ten speed autos. I didn't know what that meant really in day to day use. And now I'm seeing it. It's basically because I think my Ridgeline was only a five speed or six speed. Um, it's just the revs, the RPMs are always at like 1000 to 2000. It's just constantly shifting, shifting up over and over and over as early as it can. Um, and now I'm realizing, oh, this is how I'm getting, I'm getting 25 to 27 miles a gallon, which is amazing with, and this is the fast engine. Um, but it is always shifting all the time. I'm actually like going, is a CVT really that bad? (laughs) Because once in a while, if you go up 
uh, just like a little rise, like you'll realize, oh, I'm in the wrong gear. Like this thing has been furiously shifting and you kind of have to punch it to downshift it to be able to go over a hill. It's weird. I'm noticing it. I shouldn't notice, you know, automatic. Typically, I never even notice what's going on. But now I'm noticing all the time, like, huh, I feel like I'm in the wrong gear. Huh, what's up with that? So, so far it's been, and that's the other thing it leads to. It's very quiet. Like, I am amazed for, you know, what starts at a $20,000 truck. I feel like it's my wife's luxury uh, Volvo XC60 where you like blink and you look down and you're going like 78 miles an hour and you're going, what? Like, I don't even hear any road noise. Like, you know, there's no feedback. Right. And so like, it's a, it's a remarkably quiet cabin for a cheap truck. And uh, so much so that like, there's this 55 mile an hour stretch where the other day I looked down and I was going 68 or 74 miles an hour and it did not feel like it at all. And I realized it's probably the low revs on the engine constantly shifting, but other than that, it's been great. Uh, the other thing is I uh, one of the first mods I did was uh, I just wanted it to uh, be easy to clean forever. And this is the first time I've ever ceramic coated anything. So I did a five-year ceramic coat from a local detailer and also tinted the windows. But, um, uh, like, it is amazing. Like, uh, ceramic coating I've always been uh, skeptical of as, like, an emperor's new clothes. Like, you're going to give some guy a thousand bucks and he's going to put magic sauce on something. You can't see it. But you know it's there, and I swear it works. But I will say, uh, driving it a week later, uh, I spent a whole day on gravel roads and going through mud puddles purposely, just trying to figure out what the limits of the traction are of this car. And, like, the car looks pristine. I cannot, like, it is, like, infomercial clean um, after what I know, the same roads I'd go down in my Lexus, and it would be brown instantly. Um, like, I, I, it's Ceramic's so not not fake like you know yeah. now there's 15 different flavors of it yeah. from a thousand manufacturers that are yeah. like you know oh this one's got graphene in it and this one's whatever but the core principle i mean if you just yeah. think of it as a fancy sealant it works real well it yeah really if you've ever does. had chemistry you know about hydrophobicness and this is just a hybrid hydrophobic coating so of course it's gonna be like rain axe it's gonna you know it's gonna beat up like wax but for years and years and years which is great but like the dealer even offered it to me for like fifteen hundred bucks, and I was like, "Oh man, I, I'd rather go with the detailer has the latest and greatest for cheaper." Um, and like I'm just like amazed at the actual performance of it. Like holy crap! And he, he did all the windows and everything, and it's like the whole thing is rainaxed. Like, and it's raining heavy this week in Oregon, and like. I, I'm the, I'm like I'm sold like anytime I get a new car I'm gonna do this like this is I I have never paid somebody to do it for me yet because I actually like detailing my cars and learning yeah. about paint correction and you know getting real nervous when I start using heavier duty polishes and compounds and all that stuff but uh, and it is a lot of work you know a real a full detail of a car yeah. is you know a couple dozen hours of work probably if somebody does it right. Uh, but you got to do that for that, for the ceramic coat stuff to, to make a difference for it to yeah. work. You know, yeah. you want to start with, with a clean surface. Uh, I do, I, I I'm stumbling cause I almost let you go by without pointing out that you put tent on your windows, but you live in Oregon. So that is very clear to we me. We still that have a still, summer. You still, still have not let go of your Southern California yeah. roots. Yeah. Although this is the first time I've ever tinted a car legally, like 
actually <laughs> like uh up in oregon it's 35 percent, and in california it was zero when i was a kid and i think they maybe allow 35 percent now but i would always get darker i would always get 20 percent matches the back 30 uh, percent like it's gonna warm a little better on hot days um this is the first time i ever said give me 35 the actual legal limit and it looks great it almost matches the back but it's like i don't know there's something about like uh a light tint gives you like a sense of luxury, but also keeps the car a little cooler in the summer. I hate tint. I really do. Really? Like yeah. Wow. I like I to hate be able to clear see. window. Like I'm a I'm like super photosensitive and I have to wear sunglasses like anytime I'm outside. I like actually have eye problems of like like I uh I I love like things tinted just feel comfortable to me. I is I my vision is just bad vision and astigmatism, but like it's almost opposite for me where I'm like I don't want anything interfering with my bad vision. I need every bit of vision I got. So I would uh, say the only thing I ever found was like coming from Southern California to here was I was dark tinting the fronts, like 20% oh. tint of my trucks and stuff. And then uh, night driving in mountain roads sucks. I'd have to look around the A pillar. Like I'd have to like, if I was going to make a left, I'd have to stick my head kind of over the dash to see around my own tinted window is too dark, but uh, no, the 35s are like nothing, but they feel nicer to me. But yeah, I'm, well, I'm a weirdo. All mods are are beautiful, <laughs> and I and I celebrate I celebrate your personal choice. But could not be me. Yeah. Uh, are, there, are there any other last news items? There was a couple of dumb things that I saw this week. Before I get to the stuff that I saw that I thought was actually cool, uh, there was a uh, MotorAuthority.com. If you want to look it up, uh, oh, yeah. pointed out that there was a uh, the first Bronco six by six called Dark Horse, <laughs> Dark uh, Horse. was uh, made by Apocalypse Manufacturing. I told you my branding is <laughs> nice. all natural disasters. Uh, it, it, so one we or you know one axle in the front, two axles in the back, or I guess not one independent front suspension in the front. Uh, it's uh, it's a very Florida truck. Like let me put it that way. Like <laughs> yeah, they're still in Florida, and that's perfect. I mean, who buys this except for um, Post Malone? Like this is like man. I, it's I'm actually same. I'm actually amazed personally that with like zero availability of parts, they made something that looks almost, you know, kind of factory ish. Like where did they get the fenders or did they just, Oh, I, they made them. their own metal. Yeah. Yeah. No, they made them. I mean, they either got two and cut them together or just yeah. as likely those fenders aren't super complex. Yeah. Like, I guess you, you know. could do the middle parts and they didn't, they didn't make them nice. They just made a gigantic wheel. Well, yeah. I mean, in fairness to apocalypse manufacturing, I you know <laughs> don't want to get any negative, uh emails from them from apocalypse uh, you know our long-standing war with apoc apocalypse <laughs> manufacturing uh it looks like they did a good job but man it is not to my taste uh yeah, this is yeah, you know is it, it's cool that they did it i guess because i i mean I, I do i have nothing but respect for people that do this kind of work like it's Tennessee not, and all those six by six yeah it's yeah. not it's not easy like or i just mean even custom stuff in oh general. Yeah, yeah it's just like any i I don't want to pretend that a lot of my choices are not aesthetic choices uh, in my vehicles as well. Like not everything is, is functioning. What, what is form. the point of a six by six? I need massive traction. Like it's almost like a tank track that kind of thing. I am not a military vehicle guy, but to my oh, yeah. understanding, uh, my, my, 
my guess besides having multiple axles like just redundancy and also maybe that has some weight bearing although i would think i'd more with like leaf springs uh my 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 guess has always been uh that it's just you know it's for capability if you were gonna carry more cargo around you'd want more axles underneath it and redundancy so you blow you blow a tire out in in one you've got a couple (laughs) more to 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 play with uh but no i mean for this is just a hundred percent uh to to do it what do you think it'll uh, auction for like three hundred thousand? like this is crazy Ah, oh, I don't know. If Barrett Jackson, I, if Barrett gets, Jackson. Like, big rich people to show up. I I feel like two hundred fifty to three hundred grand is probably what this thing will go for. That Unless seems... it's for a charity, they don't mention. Then it'll that, be so. more. You know the charity thing, right? That like it's a tax write off if it's a charity. So you'll constantly see like hundred thousand dollar cars sell for like five hundred because some asshole who owns a company is just going to write it off. Yeah, it's the same thing on Bring a Trailer. There's there's been a quite a few examples in the last couple of years when Bring a Trailer auctions have gone insane. That like there was a twin turbo Supra first generation, well not first generation. What is that? A Mark three, uh, Mark four, whatever the whale tail one. You know, it yeah. went for like a quarter of a million dollars, and people are like, "How is this the new market for this?" And then you look, and it's charity. like, no, well, it wasn't a charity, but it was bought by a dealership, which will of course write it down as advertising and not you know, a, a straight out purchase, but that truck, God bless them. They did the work. I hope they make the money or get whatever they're going to do, but not, not to my taste uh, and not, you know, kind of a shame considering how hard it is to get a Bronco right now, but fine. And then uh, the other thing I wanted to mention last week, you had brought up, we were talking about the Dakotas and uh, there uh, I had said they were the first of the convertible pickup trucks. Like, and to be clear by that, I don't sold you know, to people. Yeah. So, I mean, there was the, the Bronco, the first generation Bronco from Ford absolutely oh, right. was a yeah. convertible, but you know, that's more of a, I don't even know how you'd make this distinction. So, and I'm sure there is a term for it, but it's, you know, there's a difference to me from like, you're taking off a hard top and there's uh indoors and then now it's a convertible versus something that, you know, has a rag top that you can just kind of pick up and put down yeah. although I, you know then again it's like uh, the a jeep then would qualify so i don't know what i don't know what i'm saying i i don't have i have not developed my theory of truck convertibles yet but <laughs> in the meantime somebody on on reddit uh in the weird wheels subreddit uh which i have not actually I subscribed have got to, to but, join that but yeah, yeah i just clicked join on it uh, i, I follow had, a, a weird cars like twitter account that just pulls up concept cars from the 60s it's great yeah no i'm all about it uh put up a, a, some pictures of a ford uh sky ranger wow. which they say uh there was only 17 uh known to exist i didn't bother doing any research i i was deep uh, in mini truck culture when this probably came out in the late 80s and i I've do not remember this i've never yeah my guess is that it's a dealer conversion yeah. situation. It could uh, just be like a factory a, a, conversion. Yeah, like a dealer in Texas just made 17 of them. Yeah, or there's a kid or something. But uh, I got to say. <laughs> it's pretty it, weird. It, it, I, I like it. It looks pretty sweet. It's got 80s uh, stripe graphics on the on the side. Terrible topography. <laughs> I think it's uh, hobo. But uh, I'm amazed <laughs> they, did a, they did an extra cab cut, not just a standard cab cut, which is a lot easier. If you're going to have a convertible truck, you want to be able to bring your friends. And <laughs> I think, uh, I think, I think it makes a lot of sense to it's me. Pretty so ugly. It's pretty ugly. Check hideous. it out. Yeah. I, 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 all day. There's no, there's no convertible truck. I would not drive 
all all the way around <laughs> and i would think i'd look real cool and it would make me look even older than the 44 <laughs> years that i am and i've i've accepted that now that's totally fine Man, uh this, this weird wheels threaded is gold pure gold yeah i'm gonna dig into that uh a little more because i i Cars subreddits, if we can make a slight detour, uh, just rolled into the shop. The mechanics, uh, largely mechanics uh, <laughs> yeah. subreddit, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, that was I was a bike mechanic, and that was a running joke of uh, just rolled into the shop with like, oh yeah, I was just riding my bike, and this happened, and that that's the big joke. Yeah, there's uh, awful car mods, uh, which is just basically the same content that's in awesome car mods because it's all down to taste. Uh, I won't list all the subreddits on uh, th that are car related and truck related that I follow, but some of them are actually pretty good. So I will uh, I will give I'll give them that. It does remind me I have I have pulled my car over and taken photos of someone slamming a truck bed in the back of something and sent it to you specifically over the last <laughs> few years, like. Uh, someone trying to make a new El Camino out of a, you know, an SUV or something is a thing I've done for years. To I love you. it. I love yeah. those. I love it. You yeah. keep sending them. Like, yeah. I, I, there's nothing that makes me happier than uh, seeing uh, backyard like, El Camino. <laughs> yeah, something get something that gets turned into a truck that is not. But shop trucks, and you'll yeah. see people weld in like diamond plate in the back and make their own beds. Like, I, I, all oh, yeah. about it. I sent you. Yeah, I sent you the '80s. Uh, uh, four-wheel drive tercel uh built by a high school auto body shop where they chopped a truck bed into it it was amazing the kind that had like the atm on the back of it like looking it's, license plate it's we have to get our nation's cars turned into trucks and if we don't <laughs> support if we don't support uh there's just not enough trucks out being sold so we're gonna have to start turning some we should be sponsored by sawzall that's what we gotta <laughs> go for with this <laughs> That's that's right, yeah. And Harbor Freight uh, stick <laughs> welders. They're gonna, they're gonna oh, be a lot man. of real bad decisions made after our sponsorship. Do you have any uh, YouTube favorites for the week? I don't have any YouTube favorites of the week, but I I have a, a potential new segment. We'll see how active and out and about I get over the spring and summer. But I, I'd like to call this potential segment "Cool Trucks I Saw This Week." Okay, cool. Yeah. Do, so do, do. yeah, cool I'm trucks just making things. I saw. Theme song. Uh, I saw a green and tan uh, Bronco 2 Eddie Bauer edition wow. when I was out walking the other day. It was perfect, in perfect condition, clearly had been restored. And I know that almost 100% certain because it was, uh, it just sounded like the engine was built and it was real loud it was like wow. didn't sound like an old you know struggling it, it's it's somebody's restored it it looked fantastic and i i i think if people are looking right now for affordable ish and you know in the current market affordable four by fours that are still relatively easy to get because they made a million of them <laughs> uh man bronco twos People don't love them because of the OJ stuff. Like, but there's just so many those, of them. They're still body on frame, but they have that weird I beam front end, right? Uh, you know, I don't know how the frame. I mean, they are body on frame to yeah. my knowledge because it's the Explorer was the first, like, right. basically what right. killed them when they went to a unibody. Yeah. Uh, which I actually love the way an Explorer looks, but it's yeah, it's a unibody uh, SUV, not a not a body on frame situation. But Bronco twos, uh, just. Man, yeah, it's it, it was even the wheels were cleaned up. It was a very, very nice looking truck. 
And also, I just realized, because I didn't write it down, but yesterday, so we live by uh, like a park that's got a good view. And so a lot of times in the morning, people will just kind of pull up seven, you know, six, seven in the morning and watch the sunrise. And uh, my wife and I were walking down through the park and I saw a 90s, uh, I think it was a, a 99 Ram 1500 that was immaculate, like perfect. And the guy was sitting in it and it had a snowplow on the front. Ooh. And so I turned to my wife and I said, as I often do, and she doesn't care, I was like, that guy loves his truck. Like, that's crazy that he has a snowplow. He's out in the salt. He's doing all this stuff. <laughs> and it's a 90s truck and it is still in perfect shape. <laughs> so I walked up to the guy just to give him a, a compliment. And uh, and he and he told me, he, he, you know, he said, thanks. He didn't think I was too, too weird. And uh, he's like, well, you know why this is so clean? And I said, I don't. And he said, because uh, I own this body shop in uh. the neighborhood. And <laughs> and now my, you know, he's he, I've sold it to my cousin. He runs it now or whatever. But he's like, yeah, I ran this body, the local body shop for 40 years. So <laughs> I was uh, first of all mad that he still doesn't run the body shop because I absolutely would love a hookup on <laughs> yeah, some yeah. paint work and some damage uh, that I need to get cleaned up on my vehicles. But salute to that guy for having a machine that he both used clearly because it had a snowplow on it. It was not a performative snowplow, uh, but it also not a not a spot of rust on it. Perfect paint. Uh, yeah, I, it, that that to me was extremely cool. It doesn't get cooler than a, a, a well-sorted, well-kept vehicle that's also still being used for its intended purposes. So. I would have asked him how many times he's replaced like fender <laughs> liners and like... oh, the whole truck's probably yeah, been, yeah, it's probably yeah. fallen apart fifteen times. But you know, that morning it looked it looked great. So salute to those two <laughs> local trucks uh, that I hope to see again. But that that has been cool trucks I saw this week. I think the cool uh, coolest truck I've seen recently was on YouTube and you know through Hoovy's garage and um, who was the that car wizard? Count. The car wizard where they pulled in a million mile Ford F one fifty from like ten years ago. Um, that was apparently owned by one of the railroad companies and it was like the shop truck for like the most important parts. Like when huh. a train breaks down in Iowa, you just have to get on the road and get this part to them right now. And like in only 10 or 15 years, they had a million miles on the car. Now, was uh, it a rail truck where it has? No, the, no, it wasn't the cool ones. No, nah, it was just, a, just like a road trip truck. But the funny part is in a million miles, you have to replace the engine like three times. The transmission, like there's a change schedule. This transmission is only good for 350,000 miles. So we're on our second or third. And like they had done all the maintenance and it was like perfectly running and it had 990,000 miles on it. I was like. I was just amazed that that's even possible. No, um, that's cool. I, I love a long mile uh, vehicle and I don't care if they, I mean, you know, it's, you're going to have to replace an engine here and there, you know, the uh, certainly on a, on a truck. And a lot of those shop trucks, just like uh, when you go by, when you look at auction trucks from like government surplus and you're like, wow, this thing's only got, you know, 60,000 miles on it, but <laughs> if it was battered <laughs> or it's just been sitting idling for oh. hours and hours and hours every yeah. day, like a cop car where they never turn it off and it's always just sitting there. But, uh, th that I will give you that one. 
I think YouTube charts can't count. We're going to have to do another segment. It's cool charts I saw this week on YouTube. Uh, but, uh, but that's I was just cool. thinking that was that the most unique car thing I've seen, and I'll include a link in the show notes. Um, I guess the other thing I've been enjoying on YouTube is uh, this Sarah Intuned. I don't know why I never saw her stuff, but like she's a former aerospace uh, mechanic. She knows her shit forwards and backwards, um, but plays with the sexuality of it. I, the whole thing is awesome. It's just okay. like young woman, super mechanic, knows like what brand, of, what company made the transmission inside of every new car, understands how, um, you know, she's speaking, she's speaking like shop talk and it's really hardcore, you know, mechanic stuff. She puts every car in a lift and looks under it and breaks them down. Um, the funny part is she's in somewhere in like Arizona or something. And she has this like uh, dirt hill that she always climbs in every car. And so I love it because she's done the like all these four by fours up this. And it's apparently a pretty gnarly like 25 degree slope and it's all slippery and hard packed. And like she's done the Maverick and the Maverick made it up it, which was amazing. And like she'll play with like she won't read the manual. She'll just try to figure out let's put it on slippery mode and see if that works. Let's try it in sand mode and. She eventually made up this pretty gnarly, like, and the Maverick is going up on three wheels and stuff because it doesn't have enough articulation. But nice. she's like, she gets like, I mean, just like all YouTube, you know, these people you haven't heard of on YouTube with some subscribers, they they just have every, you know, they're in the car review um, fleets and they get every latest car when it comes out. So she just did it with the the uh, uh, Santa Cruz, the uh, Hyundai El Camino e um what is it it's their smallest suv they cut the back off and made it a truck which i was super into if it was this if the hyundai santa cruz was an ev i would be all over it as like a like that's just barely enough truck to like um work for my life like it like a fit it, car. it was cool but it came i i think the pricing yeah that's why i moved away by the maverick it was basically 40 grand while the you know maverick was going to be more like 25 so um so sarah it's i've seen these uh i haven't seen the videos but i've seen them you know in the carousel so sarah yeah. it's in like toys are uh sarah in tuned <laughs> yeah uh, pretty i, I would say consistently great truck reviews and she bashes the shit out of these fleet models and tries to get subarus up their giant hill and like no fear uh it's pretty good it's pretty good well we're gonna we're gonna change her life today by sending our audience <laughs> the bump. out to her channel yeah Deliver you gotta get the that, bump. that step side bump I, let I'm me find real happy the, for the best thing i was just going through sema stuff just going god i wonder if there's old maverick stuff i missed from like the sema stuff i love watching sema videos every year like every november when it happens just because uh you see all these lace and grace and weird shit that you'll never see on the street and uh there's guys that just walk around with gopros strapped to their heads and there's yeah four hour videos and i'll just zone out like while working and it's going on in the corner and, and it's it's great my favorite thing i've ever seen with sema is a guy who i think he was just running around and he was just like he compiled the clips of like the worst welding he had seen at sema a few years ago and apparently it like had millions of views oh so man he, so he set out this year to do worst welds at sema 2021 and the funny part is he has a bit of a following and people like if he goes up to the truck, people are, <laughs> are wary and he has to like do it on the down low. But there are some god awful like I'm not a welder. He's not a welder. He just knows what good welding looks like, which is for my welding friends. It's a stack of dimes like perfect. Like you should see the rings on every weld. And, you know, we've all seen car shows and uh, stuff where they're welding constantly and you usually see their work and they usually grind it away. But like this is 
you know, SEMA's a big deal. It's the big show. And every year, everyone has to scramble to get something ready. And everything has to be outrageous so it can be seen and stuff. So <laughs> it's just, it's like 10 glorious minutes of this guy noticing 15 minutes of just some god awful like there's gaps that are rusting you know under the paint like just like on these hundred two hundred thousand dollar lifted trucks like it's it's remarkable like there's i I just love this video when is the next first of all i do want to see it so i will actually check our own show notes to uh (laughs) to find it but when is sema it's the next SEMA show. Oh, they're November. always like the first weekend, uh, first week of November. And it's That's right. Specialty Equipment Manufacturer Association. So these are all the aftermarkets. I've been cars. to one. Uh, yeah. I've actually been to one, but I, it was years ago. They're now when open was... to the public one day or two days. And they used to be industry only. So this was this was the manufacturers making the wheels um, saying, hey, the new latest Mustang came out. There's There's always one car that's just all over. This was the Bronco year. Uh, a few years ago was the Toyota Super year. Every single booth had, you know, the same car. And then you you're supposed to be like a like a, a accessories kind of company, you know, that gets an invite. And then you would say, oh, I'm going to order these wheels by this company because I really like them and I think I can sell them to my customers. But now now it's kind of open to the public, I think, because YouTube probably like enough people walked around the last few years. Yeah. Uh, well, if it's anything like CES, uh, yeah, which I've basically. been to more times than I can count, you know, the the people that ran the consumer electronics show would always say it was really for buyers and suppliers to get yeah. together and hash out deals. And then they just happened to do, you know, the the which I, I kind of tend to believe because oh, no, it used to be hard to get into. There's a bike industry show that was impossible. Yeah. But the funny part is, like somewhere around the year 2000, if you just said you had a blog somewhere, they would give you a pass. Oh, and don't you I could get it. into lots of these things. But yeah, well, we're, we we may have to put a we may have to put a pin in our calendar for future episodes to either go to SEMA and and look at it together. Uh, and there's some other shows too. There's some construction industry shows. I uh, I have subscribed to for at least a decade. There's a concrete uh, industry trade show that I am no irony whatsoever. I'm dying to go to. I would love to go to a concrete <laughs> show and see like what the latest and greatest in concrete is. So, uh, yeah, I, I will, I will look I forward to it. I wonder if they've it. gotten to like 3d printing houses and all that crazy shit. That yeah, man. Uh, yeah. it's, uh, it's outside of the boundaries of the topic of this <laughs> podcast, but, uh, I will send you some links later. There's, uh, there's a, there's a company down in Austin actually, that's, uh, starting to do some 3d houses and actually put them up for, for sale. 3d printed concrete houses. It's, it's cool. It's cool. Amazing. stuff. All, uh, right. all right anybody anything else you want to shout out no nah. down no nah, i think uh we're, we're good we're almost at an hour all right we did it all right uh Woo. thanks everybody and uh we'll see you next time on step side step side it's the podcast metrics <laughs> that's it that's the one <laughs>